All right, we are continuing in our series. Well, this is the culmination. A lot, of most, a lot of times you'll start a series on Pentecost, but we ended our series on the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. Um, and so our scripture today is Pentecost out of Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Listen for the word of the Lord. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Uh, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Uh, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, uh, were here, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. This is the word of God for the people of God. So I'm going to kind of edit on the fly. One of the things that I wanted to make sure that we understood is what I shared with the kids. One of the first signs of, now this is the prophecy uh, that, uh, that the Holy Spirit in the end days would be poured out into the world. And through Jesus' death, and resurrection, that has made it possible, but not only his resurrection, but his ascension. Remember, he tells the the disciples, I must go so I can send the helper, so that I can send back my spirit. And so this is the promised Holy Spirit from the prophets and from Jesus. And so they have finally received it. And one of the first things we notice is that it tears down the barriers of language that separate us. In other words, one of the first signs of the Spirit is unity. And as we put all the scriptures dealing with the Spirit together, we understand that unity is one of the key uh, um, signs, if you will, that the Spirit is present. Now, that's kind of hard for me to talk about when I just came from a Methodist clergy meeting last uh, week. Uh, David would appreciate that if he was here. Um, So, as as Methodist pastors, we might be a little convicted. But as a church, we need to understand that is a sign of the presence of God in this church. That we are doing what we uh, are called to do. That we are obeying God's word to love one another. Again, it doesn't mean, in fact, In the face of disagreement, in the face of differences, it is the power of the Holy Spirit that brings us together and unites us in the love of God. 
That is part of our witness. Some of my dearest friends throughout my ministry at different churches are, are, you know, I can go back and look at the list. There's some that are a lot like me. But some of those top five closest friends of mine, I can think of a couple right off the bat, that we were as different as night and day. Everything. Politics, sports, or no sports. I mean, just you name it, we were as different as night and day. But they were some of the closest people, my brothers in Christ, that would be on, make that short list of people that were important to me. Because it was the bond of Christ that brought us together, that sealed us. And our differences became nothing more than things to tease each other about. Not things to, to uh, be divisive or cause division or anger or pettiness. Um, when my, my family was here, boy, we, we, you can't be thin-skinned in my family. Everybody is open game. Everybody's honest about their faults and their weaknesses and, and they're open game for everybody. But the reason we can do that is because there's so much love. Just because someone teases you or makes a remark doesn't mean they don't love you. So, and in our day and age, this is the, I think we're missing out or this is the potential biggest witness we have as a church, that we love one another. I mean, I didn't make that up. Jesus said that, right? But in our deeply divided world, if we can come together, and I'll tell you right now, just like everything we've talked about, we can't do it. We can't do it on our own. Jim by nature, is insecure and petty, short patience. I mean, the, the list is long. Hey, shh. But all of us have a, a list. So well, I can't do it on, on my own ability, but when I have the Holy Spirit in me speaking to me about how God loves me and how God knows everything about me and loves me anyway then I begin, can begin by the power of the Holy Spirit to love others as Christ has loved me. We can't do any of this on our own power. It has to come from the transformation of the Holy Spirit, which we've been talking about the last few weeks. And is, this is the beginning of the display of that power. And at the beginning of the display of that power is what? Unity. God not destroying the differences, but God using the differences by the power of the Holy Spirit to witness to others. What was the first witness of the power of the Holy Spirit that was poured out? Look, they can't even speak the same language, but they understand one another. That's amazing. And that's what we need to strive with. And how we do that is tending to our relationship with Christ, making sure, as I said last week, tending to our relationship with Christ isn't just about blessing us, that we receive the fruits and the abundance of the Spirit in our lives, in our hearts, in our relationships, but it's that we can affect others, that that fruits of the Spirit affects all of our other relationships in a positive way. So it's not just about us, it's about 
us being blessed and receiving the abundant life and the fruits of the Spirit so that we can share that with other people. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. And one thing that we didn't talk about that you really have to kind of cover is when you talk about the Holy Spirit, but it's referenced here because oftentimes when you hear uh, the gifts of the Spirit, we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, and sometimes when you talk about the gifts of the Spirit, you talk about speaking in tongues. Now here, you know, we're not going to get off into the specifics of that, speaking in tongues. Not um, uh, Here it's not referencing like a holy language as some Pentecostal church. It's talking about other languages. Um, but what I want us to understand is there are gifts of the Spirit, But the real thing I want us to understand is the difference between gifts of the Spirit and fruits of the Spirit. I say, so gifts of the Spirit, um, in Ephesians 4, it talks about um, prophecy, prophets, teachers, evangelists, shepherds. So God will give you these gifts for the edifying of the body of Christ, not for your own purposes, but for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so we receive these gifts, but we then have the fruits of the Spirit, which we talked about last week, which are love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness. We know all those, right? Now, the key difference here that we need to understand when we're talking, and there's all kinds of rabbit trails we could go down, but what I want you to understand about the difference between the gifts And it's not limited to those that I said. Um, The gifts and the fruit is that gifts are given by God. Fruit is produced within us by the Holy Spirit. All right, you got that? Fruits are produced with the transforming of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And gifts are given for the edification of the body of Christ. And what that's important when you're a Christian leader, especially when you're a Christian pastor, because you can, in, in, in one of our devotionals, if you haven't been reading those devotionals, you're missing a lot. It's only a couple, three minutes, but one of our devotionals this week addressed that. And so the problem is that we can be doing all this stuff for the church. This is why you see pastors who have huge ministries, who are talented teachers, talented speakers, and yet they fall off, right? They, they backslide, or they have this other life. That, and, and you think, how can we do that? He said, he's has such so many gifts For the body, how does that happen? Well, because that's given to him. You can walk and serve God and and use your gifts that God has given you for the sake of others and still not be living a godly life if you're not tending to the fruits of the Spirit. If there's no fruits of the Spirit being produced in in your heart and in your life, then... You might be able to come up and preach, or you might be able to teach. You might Knowing the Word of God and having a special revelation of the Word of God is a gift of God. It's not anything you've done. 
It's what God has given you. And so if God has given you that to edify the body of Christ, God will use that. But that's different than your own personal walk. That's why pastors get burnt out. He's like, wow, they, they were such good preachers. They were such, I mean, how'd they get burnt out? Because they weren't tending to themselves. They weren't tending to their own spiritual growth and the fruits of the Spirit. They've tried to do it all on the gifts that God has given them, but nothing on the fruits and the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? And we need to know that because sometimes... People will give us their church resume. Oh, I'm at church every time the doors are open. And I, I do this for church, and I do this for church. Well, that's great. But that has nothing to do with your pers- personal sanctification. It might mix in there a little bit. As, that, as we have seen, we've seen cult leaders. We've seen uh, wayward pastors. We've seen wayward uh, Christian leaders that might be serving diligently but their personal walk isn't what it should be. The, the, the fruits of the Spirit are barren in their lives. And it's not just Christian leaders or pastors. That happens to Christians too. When we start worrying about our resume and, and what we've done for God and for, or, or for, for the church, and we start listing that off. That's great. God needs it. And that's part of it. But don't misunderstand that as you working on your personal relationship with Christ. That's why we have what we call in the culture, right, hypocritical Christians. I mean, we're all kind of hypocrites to some degree, but, right, but that we live this, live this, and that people outside don't see it. It's because our church efforts have become, mistakenly, has taken the place of our personal walk. And so the one thing I really wanted to get across today is those are two different things. God gives you Gifts of the Spirit for the edification of the body of Christ that we are to use not for our own glory, but for God's glory and the edification of the body. And the fruits of the Spirit are produced when we stay connected to the Holy Spirit through the means of grace and God begins to transform us. God begins to sanctify us. We begin to see that abundant life and the, the treasures of heaven in, in real life, in this world, in this time. So, the fruits of the Spirit are produced when we stay connected to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit does its work in our hearts. Gifts of the Spirit are given to us to edify the body of Christ. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you for your patience. Lord, continue to mold us and make us. Lord, may we continue to give our hearts over to you, that you would shape us uh, individually and collectively, that you, we would begin to produce fruits, fruits of your spirit, 
in our lives, that we might truly be your witnesses by our love, our joy, our peace, our patience, our goodness, our kindness, our self-control, our faithfulness, and our gentleness. Lord, we can't produce those things on our own. But when we give ourselves over to the work of your Spirit, you do incredible things. And so, Lord, help us to identify the gifts that you have given us and know that those aren't for ourselves alone, but those are that we might work to edify the body of Christ, that we might build it up into perfect maturity as we grow closer to you and closer to one another. In Jesus' name, amen.